past ball show. Brought to you by JohnPielli.com. What the f*** you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f- Put that in. I don't... So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the range. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we've got. One goddamn hit. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I'm talking about the past, I'm talking about the history, I'm talking about what's great about this game of baseball. There's so much stuff that we talk about. I would say I would know, but I would say the reason why they want to ask is Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Joe Carter with a three-run homer. The winners and still world champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. And this team sucks. Well, he is where he's out. Yes, Brad is out. Look at, look at this. Brad is out. And uh, Damon Mack. Sell the team. Oh, yeah. From the CSB studios in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey, on the MTR radio network, this is the Pass Ball Show. Of course, brought to you by JohnPielli.com, as always. And definitely got a fun show planned today, as you know I mentioned earlier. And you know if you were listening to Wire for Sports, you'll realize that the two guys that do a great job on that program joined me in studio today. And we're definitely going to be talking a whole lot of baseball with these guys. And uh, I got Chris uh, Mitchell, Chris Speziali. You know, welcome the listeners back. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. You, What's you guys going are there. On? It's great to be here. And Thanks for having us on. And obviously, they've had they've done a phenomenal job holding the seat warm for me as we get ready. And one thing that I thought was was pretty cool. And I listen, I didn't catch your whole show, but I I saw you guys did a good job of keeping up. You know, keep it in the back burner to baseball talk. And we I did. Think, and I think, you know, almost with the perception of just kind of letting it go out, go crazy, let's let's get into it, man. Pass we we opened up the show. We opened up the show saying that we were not going to put our baseball opinion out there because we were coming on Passball and we wanted to talk about it. So we opened up the show letting our folks know that it, they were just going to have to hang on if they wanted our opinion. That's right. And you know what? I'm sure, thanks to you guys, the listeners have hung on. And, you know, hopefully uh, there's not as much of a drop-off there is normally when I when I go on <laughs> the air. They're like, ah, I don't want to listen to this friggin' guy. You go to five. To well, if they don't, four. they're stupid. <laughs> yeah, it went from uh, two listeners down to one, and I realized the one <laughs> listener is myself on the other computer. <laughs> but, uh Definitely excited to get this thing going today, and like I said, for you know, for a couple months I've been trying to get these guys on. I'm glad they're here with me, and you know, we're going to start the talk obviously by what went on yesterday with the Baseball Writers Association of America and their decision. You know, maybe not collectively, maybe not individually, maybe it was not their complete intention, but to not elect a single member to this year's class of the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I think that's something that, you know, if you look at it and look at the candidates that were on there, honestly, I looked at it, and I looked at it a billion times. There were so many Hall of Fame players on the ballot this year. And the problem that I had 
was that if you wanted to narrow it down and say we, we don't want to put anybody in that's implicated, convicted, or thought of using steroids, there were still quality players, there were still Hall of Fame players that should have been elected. And, you know, we'll start out, get a little opinion of you guys, and then I'll just get right back into it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that not having a single person elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, it, it, first of all, it's a shame. Um, that the fans of baseball aren't going to get to see some of their favorite players enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a museum. And the thing that, I don't remember who said it, but someone said it earlier today. You, you can't just pretend like an entire era of baseball didn't happen. You can't do it. it it's completely unfair to all the players involved and to all the fans who were alive during that time period. So I mean I I don't I think it's it's a real bummer that we don't get to see some of these guys enshrined this year and it makes me nervous that if this is what it looks like now that this is going to continue until somebody changes something and says enough is enough let's change the rules on how you get in. No, no question. And I'm going to throw a word at you in a little bit and I want I, and something that I really relate to other things that have happened in baseball that I really think is involved here. But my issue is not the fact that somebody didn't get elected. Last time that happened was 1996, when there were there were good candidates, but you know for some reason you know a lot of the writers just couldn't agree on one. And then you know the next couple of years you had guys like um, like Phil Negro and Don Sutton end up getting in. And at the time it was just it just came to a crossroads where there there wasn't really bona fide Hall of Fame player to say listen he's he's either first ballot or he's definitely getting in soon. Uh, I just think the problem this year was there were so many players not even implicated in steroids. I'm not a big proponent. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of Jack Morris getting in. I think he falls a little short. But there was enough of a case made for him that he was close enough last year that he could have gotten in this year. Guys like Tim Raines. I've mentioned. I've been a huge advocate of Alan Trammell because of his, you know, his comparison and similarities to Barry Larkin, who got in a couple years ago. To me, there were so many players that could have gone in, and MLB you know, and the baseball writers had a chance to make this vote about baseball and not about the steroids players. By not voting anybody in, they made it about the steroids players. They made all the talk, all the discussion, everything that people are talking about in relation to Major League Baseball right now has to do with steroids. And that, and that is partially the fault of the baseball writers who I think – could have elected other players in and made it not about steroids. And the th I mean, the, the, the weird thing is, is it's people are, are not getting in based on suspicion. So I mean, look at a guy like Mike Piazza, for example, absolutely deserves to be a Hall of Famer without question, has the numbers to back it up, probably the best hitting catcher in the history of the sport. He's never been linked to steroids. People just have suspicions about exactly. him. So where do you draw the line? It's, no, and, and, it's a joke. I it's think a joke. It absolutely it's is. beyond a joke. And, and I'll tell you, the reason I think it's such a joke also is because and we just spent so much time on our show talking about written down rules. Right. And if I'm correct, there was no written down rule that said any of this was illegal, right? Is there any of what was illegal? So steroids? steroids. Outside of, uh, you know, federal law, which is, you know, in regards to Major League Baseball, no, they did not have anything in writing. Everybody in that time period was taking them. 
I, I mean, so where where do you say anybody's numbers were fluxed or anything? Because I, I still live in that point that if a pitcher's taking steroids and the batter's taking steroids, is there really any competitive edge? And and obviously, if if as many people were doing it as like a guy like Jose Canseco said, or some others have gotten you know either on a record or off the record and said, then you're right. There is no competitive advantage if as many people were doing them as some people have suspected. And there was no testing. The, you know, people were were passing them around. It's not like it was a secret. You know, these players did it. Now, in in cases now that they're testing and there's such a a huge talk around it and now they're going to randomly do it if somebody's caught now like Melky Cabrera this past year now it's talked about when their error was going on it wasn't talked about as much it wasn't such an issue that's why I have such a problem with players like like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and this is my other problem here if if these guys were voted if there was no steroid error no steroid error nobody knew about steroids is Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and Barry Bonds Hall of Fame? Probably, for, probably first ballot. First ballot. Oh, without question. And, and, okay. listen, and listen, I mean, some of the old timers may say, hey, let me give a guy a year or something, because that's happened a lot with, you know, you know, a guy like Joe DiMaggio didn't get you know elected until his fourth year of eligibility. So there's obviously some biasness that people will wait. You know, Roberto Alomar getting the year where, you know, he, he came nowhere close to it and then almost unanimously gets elected. This is where the writers get me. This is where I get angry with the baseball writers. Barry Bonds, 206 votes. Mark McGuire, 96 votes. Sammy Sosa, 71 votes. If you don't want the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in because they took steroids, then why does Barry Bonds have almost 100-plus votes more Great. This was McGuire. his first time on the ballot, too, though, wasn't it, Barry Bonds? No, yes, yes, Bonds and Sosa. So there's so, a little bit of a difference there, too. Now, here's, here's what I'll get into, because I think you bring up a great point. This is one of the things I was actually going to touch on. You know, either you're in for the, hall, for, for the players that, are, that were doing steroids or you weren't. And the one thing that interests me even more than that, and I, and I think you make a great point, Chris, is Roger Clemens getting 214 votes and Barry Bonds getting 206 votes. So that means eight people, eight, eight writers – thought that Roger Clemens was a Hall of Famer and Barry Bonds wasn't. Or eight writers thought that Roger Clemens didn't do steroids. And Barry, and they, Bonds, and Barry did. Bonds did. Which – and, and well, that's, and, and, and that's I, where and it gets I, crazy <laughs> because how can you possibly not think that both of those guys were and, and that's And that's what I have a problem with overall because, because to me, you know, you, you either think these players did it more than not or you don't. I mean, I can't I – can't, understand and honestly any baseball writer that would would speak to me about this i would really want to be interested in how you could pick and choose who you think did steroids and who didn't it was an era where a lot of players did and you know several players were implicated either you know convicted on not convicted or suspected of doing steroids either you believe the hype you believe what everybody says about what these players did or you don't so i don't think baseball writers you know, are are the jury on who's going to be able to uh, choose who did it and who didn't, and, that, and that's what bothers me because you know a whole group of these players were were implicated. You're either going to vote for all of them or you're not. You're not going to pick and choose who who you think did it, and, that, and that's really what I have an issue with. And you know, you could go down the ballot 
all the way to you know Rafael Palmero who got 50 bo- votes and you know other guys that were were not implicated at all and got you know less respect or more respect than that and my you know my my issue really with with this is either put them all in or put them all out well they, and I don't like the fact that they got to pick and choose who they thought were were more guilty than than wasn't well what is it that people love about baseball the thing that people love about baseball is its history it's and, and that's what the Hall of Fame is 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 a, is a glorified museum of the game of baseball's history so they all should go in if you want to specify this yeah, here is we a, go this is a huge here leap. we go yeah this is a huge leap for baseball now that they're going to be testing uh, unanimously take a section of the baseball hall of fame dedicate it to this area no. do it by talent and let the history stand for itself that this was a point in time because you, you you can't, what are we going to do 40 years from now when there's a disparity of great players in about a 10-year 10 10 span that people are walking around going, if you want to put did it, nobody play baseball from 1990 to 2005? If you want to put it on the plaque, I have no problem with that. But it has to be proven. This is the trick because that's you can't just take an entire section of the, the hall itself and devote it to the steroids era because that means that guys who never touch the stuff in their entire career, are getting elected during this time period and being automatically associated with steroids. Here, oh, and that's put, not put, fair. Put it at the bottom of their plaque, then. Put this player... Well, was in the Mitchell line, Report. But this player was, admitted using this steroids. This player admitted using This one had no... Because it's, it's part of the history now. You're going to disappear 15 years of baseball history because these players aren't going to get in. Your best players, they're all linked to steroids. Why? Because their numbers were good. Well, here's here's where I have a problem because you're looking at you're you're looking at let's say 15, 20 years from now. Let's say you do let them all in, like you say, and let's say somebody comes out with a book and says, "Listen, I did do steroids. Nobody suspected me. You know, people may have thought I did, but I got off on it. But I did steroids, and I've been in the Hall of Fame for 15 years. I I just think I think if you're going to stand for one thing, stand for it or don't, <laughs> because the the way I look at it, there's there's no there's no way that any, you know, it, would it surprise either one of you if any one of these players came out and were like, yeah, you know what, I did do steroids, or you know, not, and, and and as much as I love Mike Piazza, you know, he's got a book coming out. Would it surprise you that much if he said, yes, I did steroids? At this point, it actually would surprise me because that would mean that if he admitted it, he wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. No, 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 so, I, it would surprise me. Piazza but, but, never really, and, and, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel he did. But you know, call you know, maybe maybe say I'm a little bit of a homer there because I'm a huge Piazza fan. I'll be the first to admit it. But you know, if 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 any of these players, no matter who they are, and and, and actually, I'll take Piazza off for a second. Let's say let's say Jeff Bagwell comes out with a book a couple a couple of years down the road, says yes, I did steroids. You know, I got I got out of you know the calm and a storm when it came to all the guys that were implicated and stuff. And yes, I I did steroids. Would that shock you? No, what I would like to see is if there's any players that are in the Hall of Fame right now that use steroids could come out and say I something. I tell you, what's real would funny? Would they take them out? What's funny about you out? saying that is actually on the MLB Network yesterday, Ferguson Jenkins was on, and he said that there's been discussion amongst Hall of Fame players that there was a player that played in the 80s and 90s, was recently in the Hall of Fame, and is suspected of doing steroids. So, see, so what the, are you going to do? Yeah, but see, here's the trick, though. The, they're elected by the writers. 
the writers don't have the authority to take him take them out of the hall. So, but if the people who run the Hall there, of Fame well run in. the Hall of Fame. The people who elect people into the Hall of Fame are an entire different section of people. You know, it's funny. I, I that think that would really go down to Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball would have to, you know, come up with something and come up for a revote. These these God, writers, I have no idea. these writers, you know, their careers have been based on on the stories these guys have given them. Exactly. You know, what I mean, nobody's Major League Baseball didn't give any money back for for money that they made when when Barry Bonds was going after right. the home run oh, streak. Oh yeah, I'm with you. They're, they're 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 not giving anything back. These players went out there and, and played. I, I'm not so against. Because I still think it takes talent. Steroids are not steroids. It still takes talent to put 70-plus home runs out of a ballpark. And especially if you're doing it against pitchers that were doing steroids, too. <laughs> I could go on roids right now, and I'll never – probably it would be a stroke of luck for me to hit a home run out of a park. There's, you've got to separate <laughs> but would you, something. Would, would you be a better radio show host, though, if you did steroids? I'm already jacked up on water <laughs> and Pepsi, man. I, I mean – would steroids affect our performance behind the microphone? I don't know that's if steroids big, I, that's the biggest question. It's a performance-enhancing drug for uh, for radio hosts. Maybe Adderall. Adderall might be a PE. I, I, I mean, we, we might get we might get animated to a point that we'll punch the window or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to say anything that will will take me out of the broadcasters' hall of fame whenever they have one. No, they have they do have they, a broadcast. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, saying anything, then I I, I plead the fifth. I think it's gonna take. I think it's gonna take all three of us a while to get the credentials to make it into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, but, yeah, we, we we got a long way to but, go. We got a little <laughs> way to go. But if something comes up and we're going in, you're gonna hear this and you're gonna be like, "Why did I uh, say why? such a thing?" I just think I'm it's ridiculous. linked to it now. The writers are 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 ridiculous. This this whole thing is ridiculous. Now I'm kind of a. Uh, if if somebody gets picked up now, now that there's testing. Now that you know it's an issue, like Melky Cabrera, Melky, I have a Melky, problem Melky with that. Melky Cabrera is not going to the Hall of Fame now. He was on his way, but now he's not getting. No, it. but I'm no, saying he was <laughs> never going to. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying like, at, the I, people that are that are failing the test now that now know it's wrong, and I, I mean it's looked upon in baseball as wrong. Now, if you get caught, it's different than back in the day when it was just something in the locker room. Exactly, and I tell you, that's what make that's what would make any significant player a player that would have an opportunity to be in a Hall of Fame years down the road. That would make them the biggest idiot in the world if they were to get caught right now. And I don't, I don't care if I don't care if you know whatever player has been using for the last ten years. If they haven't decided right now that it's time to stop, then you know they deserve whatever friggin' criticism goes their way. Don't I? Totally agree with you. I agree, and I, I just I, I I'm I look at this player, this list of players from the vote, and I it just it just it really bothers me, and it, it really is is not fair to the players and to the baseball fans themselves because some of these guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, even like Mike Piazza, never linked, but just because you have a thought. No, He's not going to get you know why, in. You know why Mike Piazza has some suspicion? Because, and, I, and I, I seldomly call people names while I'm on my show, but that asshole, Murray Chouse, who has some kind of vendetta against this guy, goes out there and writes this ridiculous story based on back acne to try to friggin' put him in with other guys. I think what happened to Murray, Murray Chouse is that he wanted to get a, an autograph from Piazza and got denied sometime. But this guy has this 
absolute vendetta against this man, and it, even within the last couple of weeks, has gone every uh, on a, on every opportunity he has to try to destroy this guy. And be, because of that, I think more people have suspicion than would have anyway. And that, and to me, to me, that bothers me. That, I mean, I mean, you, in, if you have to dig that deep, I mean, I I have back acne right now. Does that mean that I'm freaking using steroids? Yes. Well, we just talked about it. all three of us are on PEDs. Me, I'm, I'm with you on the back acne. You just can't get rid of it. I right? mean, I might be on cocaine, but I'm not doing steroids. Yeah. I, I think the, the greater discussion here is that we <laughs> need, we, we, we need a, a better system to get guys into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that a bunch of, of you know, college-educated sports writers – should dictate the legacy of another human being who plays a sport. I really don't. And I I, I I, haven't really been a huge Hall of Fame guy for my whole life, but I'm starting to pay more attention to it now and in the last decade or so. And I, I honestly believe that it should be former players, former general managers, front office executives, and scouts who get the vote on this and not the writer. There's bias everywhere if you're a writer no, or, or somewhere in the media. And for the point that I just mentioned about Murray Chouse, the problem that I have is also when you're limiting to, to the writers, you have obviously a divide between the old-fashioned, long-time writers, the guys that have been voting for the Baseball Hall of Fame for the last 40, 50 years, and the guys that just picked up a vote within the last 5, 10 years. There's obviously a divide between what the older-fashioned pe older people have seen and what the modern, you know, the modern writers have seen. So there's a divide right there of what they would agree over what a Hall of Fame player is. And I think that, that had a lot to do with nobody getting elected this year. I don't think the issue was entirely based on steroids because going through the list of players that were eligible this year, there were so many Hall of Fame-type players on here that were never even close to being implicated with steroids. And, and you, want, you want to say anybody that retired within the last you know five to ten years is up for that? I don't agree with that, but if, if that's your way of thinking, that's where this is going. Then, then you, you you still have the players that were that retired within ten to twenty years, you know, ago. You know, the Tim Raineses, the Lee Smiths, uh, you know, guys like Don Egg, Egg, Edgar Martinez, Don Manningly, uh, friggin' Fred McGriff, who getting twenty percent of the vote, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. And like I like I've said a thousand times, Alan Trammell, who if you pull up his friggin' baseball stats, had the exact same career. As Barry Larkin, and he's only good enough to get friggin' thirty-three percent of the vote. Tell me how Alan Trammell isn't a Hall of Famer just because he doesn't get the publicity that Barry Larkin did. He won the same amount of World Series as as Barry Larkin did. He played the same amount of years as Barry Larkin did, all for the same team. And honestly, if you look at some of the years, Alan Trammell probably had a better twelve-year stretch of his career than Barry Larkin did. So tell me why Barry Larkin is, you know, second time on a ballot, absolute friggin' Hall of Famer, and Alan Trammell isn't. And that and that's an issue that's not even related to steroids. And I'm telling you, base, the baseball writers did a terrible job. And, and and I don't know if I don't know if half of the writers were vote, voting for the players that weren't implicated, and the other half were. I mean, is that was that really where it ended up? I mean, you know, a guy like Clemens getting thirty seven percent of the vote, that means more than a third of the writers voted for him. That 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 means that statistically people think that Barry Bonds 
was a hundred votes better than Mark McGuire or or, or uh, Sammy Sosa. And that's yeah. You, that you know, is, I I don't want to take a fact that it's the fact that I don't know if these guys took it because uh, of performance. You know that baseball players are are very superstitious too. I always think about this as well. Say some of these players that took roids back in the day were were hurt, and they try to get back as quick as possible by any means possible. They took steroids, they got better, and they started playing better. Are they going to stop? No. Exactly. Because they, they, they're, they're ritual. I'm playing better. I'm taking this stuff. I'm going to just keep taking and, it. And that's why, that's why it freaking cracks me up when somebody's like, yeah, I took, like, I, I took steroids once or twice. I mean, you've got you to gotta cycle that stuff into your body you know, you know, many, many times to get any sort of benefit from it. So obviously if you take it and you want to get some benefit, you're going to finish the cycle or you're going to go through a couple cycles to reap the benefits of using steroids. So anybody that goes out there and says, yeah, I tried it once, it's freaking, you know, I was lying to your face. And yeah. I mean, it's an absolute joke. Yeah, I, I took one last night, woke up, I was the same size, so I stopped <laughs> taking it. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. You know, it's not really working for me. Um, hey, we do live in the world of now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, well, and the drugs have to changed, like too. Popeye. I mean, you, you talk about HGH now being introduced into this equation as well, and, and the fact that the, the news coming out today that next season they're going to start blood test, randomly blood testing. For HGH, that's really going to change the way things, the way things go. Again, I, I think you know we talk about the year of the pitcher was what last not not this past season but the year before, right? Yes. Yeah, we're going to have another year of the pitcher coming up uh, this upcoming season because people are going to be terrified that they're going to get caught taking HGH. Well, well I, I think one thing you've seen over the last couple of years is a lot of players getting caught for increased level of testosterone. That can't really be drawn to any particular type of steroid, right. but the increase in testosterone is proving that they're using something performance enhancing. So, you know, this is going to go back. I hate to take this thing, you know, full circle all the way back to the chemist who are actually developing better products that are going to, you know, are not going to be caught, you know, not going to get players caught. And, it, and they, they obviously know, know the benefits of being able to develop a product like this. It's going to make them millions. So they're out there trying playing with this chemical, playing with that chemical, trying to get something because they know these players are stupid enough to keep taking them because they want that competitive advantage. The competitive advantage in Major League Baseball has not been limited to just steroids. It's everything from throwing a spitball or you know having having a little uh, you know having a little you know extra spike on your on your uh, on your cleat to you know to to get the guy when you're trying to slide into second base. Anything to get an advantage, these players have done not just for five to ten years, the last hundred plus years since the institution of Major League Baseball. You know, whether it was the 1850s or earlier, you know, every player that has ever played this game, and I and I and I and I, I, I may be going a little far with it, has tried to get an advantage in, in one way, shape, or form. And you know, as you guys, you know, who, who cover cover all sports, I'm sure it's like that throughout throughout the the rest of the sports world. Well, I, I actually was just about to say the exact same thing. We we had a conversation uh, a bit ago on on our show about how the players in the NFL have adapted, have changed over the course of the years. The game has gotten faster. The game, the players have gotten stronger. It's a little more brutal than it was before. It, it's it's the same sort of thing in baseball. The players are getting bigger. They're getting faster. So it, it, it is my opinion that all of these records that have been set decades ago, they would all have fallen whether we had steroids or not. Just because the athlete is getting better. Exactly. So why, why, are we, why even put an asterisk? Yeah, I'll tell why, you, put you a, why create a separate section of the hall? Why mention it on the, on the plaque in any way, shape, or form? 
except if you want to you want to notate it for history. Here's but uh, these records were gonna well, they were gonna fall anyway. Yeah, I, I get that, and, I, and there's a person that I particularly look at, and, and I just pulled up is 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 Ryan Braun. That's that's who I think about right now. A guy that I think is on pace to to eventually get into the Hall of Fame, but and he's also on pace to take whatever chemical isn't going to get him caught when it comes to the whatever drug testing is in there. Well, I, I mean, I think Ryan Braun is a freaking fraud. See, I I don't. I, I think I think that uh, it, it, everybody wanted to say that he took it. That either he, way, he did. He, you, you want to say that he did, but it's he, the same as everybody else. There was he no got off proof. on a technicality. Either way, I'm sure they drug tested him numerous times this past season. And guess what? He hit 41 home runs, which was more than he hit the year before. He had 112 RBIs, still batted over 300. Well, listen, I agree with you there, Chris, because I, I do think he backed up the talk with a solid season where he could say, quote, unquote, I was clean. So from that part, I'll agree on. But when it comes to the fact that he – failed to test for an increased amount of testosterone, and then goes and throws it on the friggin' guy that collected his blood, I think is an absolute technicality. If you want to say a technicality, but it, in my mind there was never any you know, proof. It's, it's like, it's there, like there, go, there da- go really... down the totem pole and blame the lowest, lowest guy on the chain. And that, that's what he ended up doing. He had, a good, he had a good lawyer that said, listen, let's go after this guy that collected the blood because nobody's ever criticized the guy that's taken the blood before. But, but and I, he ends up getting off on it. Somebody I, had to be smart enough to try to figure this out before. I mean, it's not like Ryan Braun's lawyer was, was smarter than every other lawyer that's defended these guys. No, no, no I, one's I mean, saying that. the first person yeah. to actually no one's ever saying beat that. baseball. But here's the thing, though. that It, it doesn't. The fact that he got off on a technicality just doesn't change the fact that he tested positive. He tested positive. He wasn't suspended because you still don't. somebody screwed up the blood sample. Well, do, and do, do you, do and you know that they, could have caused it. But the it. blood No, of course it could. I, I, how how would testosterone have gotten into a vial of blood? I if it wasn't know. in the blood. I don't know, but I I I'm trying to stick with the fact that if you're not found guilty then you're not found guilty, and but that's he, the but, way you should be looked and, at. And but, you know what? In 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 a in a court in a court of guilty. quote unquote law, he was found not guilty. In a court of public opinion, listen, this this guy has to it's have the same thing you're saying about no, no, Mike no, Piazza. See, I I agree with that a little bit. I mean, Mike I mean, I'm not gonna... is now going not going to the Hall of Fame because somebody wrote an article, and 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 says that he took steroids. So now. A guy that's hands down one of the best hitting catchers ever to play the game is not going to get in the Hall of Fame because of somebody's article. In regards to Ryan Braun, it's not as much Ryan Braun was not guilty. It was that Major League Baseball was guilty of screwing up his test. Which I think you put it all together and you get what 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 happened. I mean, it, it's a, it was all a combination. And somebody who took his blood screwed up. So 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 in all the cases, and of because people of that, that he's not going to get into the hall. Kind of really took steroids. When they stopped taking steroids, there was a fall off in their production. Why not a fall off in his? Here's the issue that I have. Why did he and I, honestly, better? I think what could benefit Ryan Braun is the fact that he's got at least another five to eight, maybe even ten more years to play in the major leagues. That's true. You add another five years of, you know, waiting to get, you know, to get a Hall of Fame eligibility after that. A lot of stuff, in my opinion, is going to be cleared when it comes to guys with steroids. There's going to be, and, you know, I could be wrong, 
there's going to be steroids guys in a Hall of Fame 15 years from now. I hope so. And probably before that, probably on the sooner, probably within five. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that more players that have gotten in over the last couple of years can be connected in some way, shape, or form to it. So I think by the time Ryan Braun retires, it may not be as much of an issue. And if it isn't, this one little glip, this one quote-unquote mistake, test, failure, whatever it was, if that could be the one, you know, the one, you know, kink in Ryan Braun's armor, then I don't think he has a problem getting in the Hall of Fame. What I'm curious to know, and I know that we can find this out, and I just haven't done enough research about it, but I'm curious to know, and this is going to sound really morbid, what sect of the baseball writers are the ones who didn't, who won't vote for anyone connected with steroids? Because I, I, I believe that it's a vast majority of the folks who are much, much older. I, I, there's going to be a point yeah, in time sure where they don't to get to vote up. anymore. Right, right now it's That's a situation where to you before. so there's there's a chance that as younger people keep getting added to the 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 the, the electorate, that some of these steroid connected players will get in. There's more of a chance of that, I think. Here's here's what I'll look at, and else. I'll and I'll see how you know you guys. Let me know how logical this sounds. You know, you look at the fact that Jeff Bagwell got 59.6 percent of the vote. I would say the inverse percentage of that would be the ones that are totally against anybody that they could even suspect in the slightest bit from the error that could possibly be linked to steroids. So that would be, what, 40.6%? Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think you're at least at that level where, where, where you have enough, enough writers that are like, listen, I'm not going to vote for anybody that's on that list what, you know, that, that, that could be thought of playing in that error and could possibly be linked to steroids. So I think it's about forty percent of the writers right now. But as far as breaking it down to whether it's the you know the older guys or the younger guys, I mean I mean listen to, you know watching MLB Network, there's 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 a lot of the younger guys that are very adamant about not wanting to put any of the the steroid guys in. You know guys like Tom Berducci and you know uh, uh, Ken Rosenthal. You know guys guys like that have, have gone out there and said that they don't want to vote for anybody that 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 that's been linked to it. So sure. it's not it's not all the old fashioned guys. It's not the guys that are you know seventy eighty years old. You know, there's, I think I think it's it's pretty much a unified thing where, you know, most people are saying trying to say the right things to say that they don't want players that they know did steroids in the Hall of Fame. And there's there's a story here that's also getting missed a tiny bit. There was a, there was an article in uh, the Sports Business Journal I think um, either yesterday or the day before. Um, the Hall of Fame is in a lot of financial trouble. They're they're not making a lot of money up there in Cooperstown. Well, they're not going to be making a lot of money this year. That's the problem. <laughs> See, the baseball writers, they're hurting themselves. The, the Hall of Fame that you so dearly love is having financial trouble, and you just robbed them of potentially $4 million this season because you wouldn't elect anybody into the Hall of Fame. I, I, love, I love the quote that I see here from Jack O'Connell, uh, the Secretary of Treasurer of the Baseball uh, I'm not sure what BBWAA stands for, but he the says Baseball Writers Association of America. It, it's with fifty percent, fifty-three percent of the vote, you can get to the White House, but you can't get into Cooperstown. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so if you go by the logic of you can become a president at fifty-three percent in that range, Mike Piazza, Jeff Bagwell, Jack Morris, and Craig Biggio all would have been Hall of Famers this year. So is seventy-five percent too high? No. And and I'll tell you, I like I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad point to say the majority. But how watered down would a Hall of Fame be if every player that got you know upwards of over fifty percent was inducted? 
And I, I do think the Hall of Fame is a prestigious honor, should be held to a select few. And the fact that over the last 10 years, you've seen guys like Andre Dawson and Burt Blylevin and, you know, Barry Larkin, guys that a dispute can be made or at least an argument can be made that these players may not have completely been Hall of Fame players. I think it, it would open the door for so many other players to get in that honestly fall short. And, and, and it's not that they weren't good players. It's not that, you know, it's not that you're either a Hall of Famer or a terrible baseball player, that the Hall of Fame should be held to, to the, you know, the standards and the honors of only honoring the best players to ever play the game. I mean, I mean, honestly, you could go back to the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, and if you want, if you want to go to you know, 53% being enough, you know, you're going to double and triple the amount of Hall of Famers you have. And, and while, while we could sit here and have disputes about guys that are in the Hall of Fame right now and whether they should be or not, that, that, that conversation would be you know, blown up to a point where the, there will, you know, players that just had you know, maybe six, seven good seasons are going to be in the Hall of Fame. And honestly, I don't think that's a Hall of Famer. It's it's a shame because they only get fifteen tries, right? Yeah, fifteen years, and then fifteen it's up, years. It's up so, to the veterans committee. So, so I'm 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 hoping that uh, you're right that in about ten years we're going to start seeing some guys in because there's a lot of guys on this list that should have. Well, got it in gets us time. to the ballot next year, which I think is going to be interesting. And you hear a lot of talk that maybe the fact that no players were inducted this year will open the door for several players to be inducted next year, which I don't know if I agree or disagree with that. But guys like Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Frank Thomas are going to be on the ballot for the first time. Plus the holdovers. You know, a guy like Biggio gets 68%. You know, we mentioned Piazza, Bagwell, Jack Morris. Tim Raines got 52.2%. So, you know, you know with, with the new class plus the holdovers, there, do you guys think that there's a better chance or a worse chance that somebody or more than one player gets elected next season? There's probably well. There's there's a great chance I think that more than one player gets elected next season. I don't think it will be any of the guys who are connected to the steroids. Yeah. I think that if if we're looking at guys next year, I I I personally believe that a guy like Tom Glavin and a guy like Greg Maddox are absolute first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, the big hurt also. And I, I actually think because Maddox and Glavin are are eligible the same year, I think a lot of voters are going to go with that and put them both in. At the same time, yeah, and I could see a guy like Biggio getting in, maybe a guy like Bagwell getting in next year. Well, here, here's here's one thing that I thought is interesting, and for everybody that you know was you know on board like myself, like like Chris over here, and I'm sure you felt the same way with with Mike Piazza getting you know getting in a Hall of Fame or not getting in a Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell last year received 56 percent of the vote in his first year of eligibility. Piazza 57.8 this year. Bagwell was only was only voted on. 3.6 more percent of the of the ballot than he was last year. So I, I actually could have seen a guy like Bagwell getting a bigger jump. Does that mean that maybe next year it you know we're looking at you know ratios and proportions to say that you know he's only going to maybe get up to 60% or is there a legitimate chance that he gets that full boost and gets himself in the Hall of Fame? That's a great question. I don't have the answer yeah. to. It's it's one of those things where like if you didn't vote for him this year what is going to change your mind next? Yeah, and that, uh, the only thing that can change is if votes change hands. That's that, the only thing that's going to happen if, if people lose their vote or 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 stop or die give up their sure, vote that's, that's or die, too. and then but then there's other votes out there. Here's the, that's why I said it's going to sound a little morbid when I said that eventually you know, the old guy, the eventually the old guys aren't going to be able to vote anymore. <laughs> that's because they're not going to be here. Uh, but 
Uh, what did what did they do? They, they leave people. their vote in a will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I will never vote for Jeff Bagwell. Um, there were some writers this year who who submitted an empty ballot in protest. That I will never understand. So uh, there, there's potential, I suppose, for him to pick up a couple of votes here or there. Should those people who are protesting this year's this year's vote, but you if know, they you jump know, on you know board what I find and they re- pick him. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you know what I, you know what I find ridiculous about the empty ballot? I mean, the amount of the, the amount of percentage of a lot of these players that you could say quote unquote did or did not do steroids. There's no way any of them are leaving the ballot anytime soon. So if you if you're going to if you're going to submit an empty ballot right now, you might as well surrender your right to vote ever again. Because these players are going to be on the ballot. What are you going to do? You're going to hold the space of somebody who could actually vote. Are you going to continuously submit empty ballots from here on out? You might as well give the damn thing up. Now, now this is this is one thing. When it comes to voting for the president of the United States, people don't sometimes leave it blank. And I think that that makes a statement. That makes a statement that nobody is reaching me or the issues that I have. And when it comes to a baseball Hall of Fame vote, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's something completely different. And, I, and I've said it, and I'll continue to say it, with the amount of Hall of Fame-type players that were on the ballot this year, whether they did steroids or not, and some that were never even close to ever being tied to it, the fact that one person could not get elected this year is an absolute joke. It really it, it, is. You're right. It does make it, it, it makes it worse. And the baseball writers are making it worse because people are now talking about it more than if they were to just elect at least one. Yeah, and they made it about steroids. They made the discussion right now from the second that Jeff Idelson made the announcement that nobody was elected this year. They made it about steroids. They they might as well have said, instead of voting for somebody in the Hall of Fame this year, I want the mainstream baseball media to talk about nothing else other than steroids. Because that's what they asked for. And that's what they got. That's what they're going to continue to get. So you're talking about nine votes that weren't collected because there was four fewer votes than last year and five members submitted blank ballots. So that's nine votes. So let's say we gave those nine votes to Mike Piazza. That still it's only would have put him at 59%. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. put him a vote behind Jeff Bagwell. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, but, but for instance, if you gave the nine votes to Biggio. They'll put him like uh, but what about – 20 votes shy yeah yeah you need you need 427 votes in this election cycle to get voted in and he it's 388 it's this whole thing is is such a joke it it gives me about as much of a headache as talking about the jet circus so two headaches in less than two hours it's so tough. you know what the, it's the, tough. the tough day for you the good headache about this is that maybe for a couple minutes you'll stop thinking about that other headache there you go yeah. Except they just brought it right back. Yeah, they're, they're all there. <laughs> but you brought it back on yourself by yeah. mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all there. That's just because they were mentioning. They're saying, they say something about us. We're here. We'll keep pounding until it gets better. But it, it's a shame because there are good players, and there's going to be good players in the future, and the same thing is going to happen. I mean, I think, I think from now on, I think the voting process is doomed. I mean, you're going to get a good handful of these players that are going to be on the ballot year after year. We're going to have the discussion year after year, whether it's guys like Sosa and Palmero and McGuire who are very far away or other guys like, you know, like, like Bonds and Clemens who are closer, not, not 
not quite close enough, but are, are a lot closer to being inducted. And, and, and listen, honestly, I think it's going to be a joke. But one thing I do want to bring up well, to you guys. You made a point, and I don't want to cut you no, off, No, no, that's John, cool, man. What do you got? This is your show, and you're supposed to run it. But you, know, made, you, you made an interesting point about um, – you made an interesting point about giving it to the scouts to vote and all this kind of stuff. Why don't we let the people in the Hall of Fame vote? We have enough members I've, I've, now. I've discussed that before. I think it's I think it's an issue where it's, you know, listen, if they ended up going to that, I wouldn't have a problem with. But then I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I guess there's good you know good and bad to that, but they should be a part of it. They shouldn't be the only ones. Well, yeah. Well, then let the writers I, and the the players vote. The, play, the people that are in the Hall of Fame, so you get the writer's perspective. They don't lose their snotty blank ballots. And then you get the, the Hall of Famers in that, that let's see what they think. Do, do you want these guys in the Hall of Fame or not? Well, no, but, but I mean, honestly, the short answer is that's, that's unfair to the current players also. Because, uh, I mean, if I'm, uh, if I'm Hank Aaron and I get a vote, I'm not going to vote for Barry Bonds. Because I don't want somebody in the Hall of Fame with a with the record over mine. Well, I, I don't know if it would be that. He was that plain. he was huge part of breaking the record and sending him a video message. And Understood. All that kind of stuff. So you know, all I'm saying is, are I, meant you, to be broken. we talk about the writers having bias. I think the players could also have bias <laughs> as well, and that hurts the process. I think it would be cool if I was Hank Aaron to to know that when somebody walks into the Baseball Hall of Fame, they read my plaque as holding a record for hitting the most home runs. And then you go through all this history to get to Bonds to see. And somebody go, so he holds it? That took a long time. I'm actually more impressed with, with uh, Aaron than I am with Bonds because of how long that record stood. It, it, records don't stand that long anymore. They're, they're broken constantly. And I, I think that's impressive. So I mean, I just throw it out there, yeah, especially as long as Ruth held, you know, Babe Ruth held the record for, you know. I mean, listen, I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's a lot, a lot of good stuff to chew on with this. One thing I do want to get into with you guys is the implementation of the HGH testing, which is going to start, you know, during the season. I don't know if it's starting now and you know working itself, you know, into the season. But do you, do you think that this is the the end all solution? To finally do blood testing with HGH, is this going to totally solve the performance enhancing drug issue? I think that it's going to it's it's going to be a thing that's going to have to evolve because, as you said before, the chemistry is going to get better. Also, I think as it is currently constituted, yes, this is the end all be all solution. We've got testing in place for steroids. We've got testing in place for stuff like Adderall and that's and that sort of thing. The one thing that was missing was. The testing for human growth hormone, and now we've got that as well. So I think you add those pieces together, and you're going to start to see probably this year and the next year will be the cleanest two years we've seen in baseball in a long, long time. And and like I said before, and I do think this is still going to be something that's going it's going to be an issue because I don't think the chemists are going to stop, and I don't think players are going to stop trying to find an advantage. I mean, I mean, you know, we've talked about all the time how there's stuff from. Let's say it's creatine or something from GNC. They're they're gonna you know the chemist and players are gonna continue to try to push that line to get to a point where it's not quite illegal, but just on the borderline. So I, I I don't think players I don't think I don't think players are gonna all of a sudden you know not not get caught 
because there's going to be players that are going to try to push the boundaries and try to get as close to being over as possible without getting caught and still trying to get the, the advantage that they're looking for on the field. And it's, it's and all it, about trying to get that competitive edge, and that's why it'll never be – it's never going to stop. I, I mean, I like this. I like I like that they're listen, implementing this Listen, it's positive. It, it's a definitely definitely a positive step sign. in the right direction for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go back to, you know, whatever, 10 years ago when there was no drug testing whatsoever to a point that they've gotten, you know, where they test for steroids, where there's suspensions and stuff involved, where they, they've taken the, uh, the amphetamines out of the game. You know, that they're, they're going for HGH this year with the blood testing. Obviously, the positive steps have been taken, which I think is a good thing. It's good for the sport. It's good for everybody involved. But the issue, the issue still, it, it's not going to stop players for trying to, to push that line, to get as close to the line as possible without it being illegal, without costing themselves time in suspension and the humiliation of getting caught. And I will still, to this day, say that there is a certain amount of players that are still doing performance-enhancing drugs right oh, now. of course. And, and not, not just to say that there's a couple. I, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of players that are doing things that could be considered illegal. Maybe they haven't been tested at the right time. I mean, and I think that there's a lot. There will be a lot more announcements of players, you know, failing, failing drug tests within the next year, even with the HGH testing. It's because they got to make that money. I mean, you're, you're, you're probably seeing it more in the minor leagues now than I think the major leagues. Those guys want to – they want to get up to the pros. They, I mean, there's a competitive edge the there as well. Testing is just as stringent in the, but in it, the but minor it, leagues, though. Yeah, and actually, it's, it's probably a little tougher in the minor yeah. leagues because they've, they, they've, had, they've had HGH testing in the minor leagues. I, I still believe that there, there's always ways around it. Yeah, and, and there I is. And like I said, when you, when, when you get with the right – But you have to be able to afford it. That's the thing. When you, minor leaguers don't have that kind of – Resource available. And so it's a guess. my guess. I mean, more often than not, yes. They have somebody that has a resource. I mean, everybody always has some kind of a a uh, a guy waiting for them to get to the top. To kind of, I mean, college players. I mean, you're talking about college football players or college baseball players. They've always got somebody on the outside waiting them to make it big and not afraid to throw a few dollars their way to make sure things happen. Exactly. So why not? And, and listen, not and let, let's be honest. Not every player that you know is a, is a high school star, a college star, you know, with the path <laughs> and the opportunity to make the major leagues. Not every one of them comes from a poor background. Not not every one of them is you know you know the the, the guy the guy that you know you know father's a coal miner and his mother's a stay at home mom, and doesn't have any money in the household, and all of a sudden they have a skill. I mean, I mean, there there are plenty of players that come in that have families that have money. Don't don't rip on them coal miners, man. I watched that Gold Rush. That's a good show, man. They <laughs> they make some good money too, man. They work some hard of them, too. some of them do. And you know, I think coal mining is a little different than gold mining. <laughs> gold mining. Just just. Oh, he uh, said coal. I thought he said yeah, coal. Oh, okay. All right, maybe that's a little different. <laughs> there also aren't many gold mines in West Virginia, but we'll we'll we're gonna leave. Oh, listen, dude. If there's some gold mines out there, off, you leave it. I gotta get one last dig in before I'm, you get I'm definitely there. I'm definitely signing signing up for that job though. The gold mining. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, that's some tough work, man. Watch that show. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's like Discovery Net, <laughs> Discovery Channel or something. My, my the, the risk reward. Watching. The risk reward. I think is something that eh, may or may not be worth trying. It, it, it's it's definitely uh, rough when you. I'm find, sure it's like, not a, easy. Little little pebble, and you're like, yeah, we had a good day. Yeah, those little pebbles are worth a lot. I uh, know. 
I know. I watched the show. I'm the one that told you all, all right, about it, man. You. All right. And one thing I wanted to get into is, uh, you know, a player that, you know, we, we all know played for the Mets before and we know has done steroids. Paul LaDuca has said on a numerous occasions that, you know, he has done steroids and really, really, in my opinion, uh, I think epitomized what's going through the mind of a major league baseball player or a minor league player that's trying to get into the major leagues. Here's a guy that, that was talented enough to get up to AAA with the Dodgers and was with a group of players and is looking at the fact that there's a lot of players in the major leagues or there's players that he's competing with that are using steroids. So he, he either has to make the decision, am I going to use steroids and get into the major leagues or am I going to not use steroids and have a chance of never making it to the major leagues? And you guys, you guys talk about before about you know minor league players not you know not making as much money, not having as much money. I mean, I'm sure if you're on the cusp of being a AAA player and being a major league player, and that's the one thing you got to do, I think it makes it a tough decision. That that's why that's why I don't blame people like Bonds and Sosa and McGuire because everybody around them was doing it. Yeah. So you want to keep keep your competitive edge. You want to stay with the pack. You want to. I mean, e- e- even you can laugh at me and say, "Well, Bonds and, and McGuire were always were always great players, and and this and that." Well, if they're watching these guys do steroids and they want to continue to be a good player, a great player, well, if they don't take steroids, maybe the pack starts to catch them a little bit. They want to keep it. I mean, there's there's a million different things. The fact of the matter is, is they didn't test for it. They didn't talk about it. So what did they do wrong? What did they do wrong? Everybody's doing it. What did they do wrong? Well, I think it started when, you know, whatever the first player to ever take steroids was, and obviously you could go back maybe 40, 50 years. We don't know. So blame that guy. But, take him but, out of the but, whole but thing. whatever whatever player got it started and others were like, "Hey, I'm going to do it too." And then it, it became a snowball and avalanche to a point where, you know, it, it became a decision. "Hey, if you want to make the major leagues, you got to do steroids." I mean that that's what ended up happening. That's where we were for for about a decade, yeah. And think about think about all the players that were that, that would have been clean. How about talented athletes that came up around that time and then all of a sudden found out in some way that either they had to do steroids or they couldn't keep up with the other players that are coming up. And if they chose not to, that probably ends their career. Yeah, exactly. You're not and, gonna, and like you're I not said, I, I, I look through. at Paul Laduca as a perfect example. Here's a guy who ended up having a you know a ten year career. He was successful. He did a good job. And you know he may not have gotten that chance at all if he decided not to do steroids. And I'll take the time to thank Chris Mitchell for joining the program. Great job, man. We'll definitely. Well, you know I'm gonna have to join your guys' show. Pretty yeah, absolutely. Soon. I'm gonna have to get up here early. We're gonna yeah. have to do a you know. Uh, uh, Wire for sports slash pass ball as opposed to pass ball slash wire for sports. <laughs> we'll get you talking about football and hockey. How about that? Yeah, why not, man? Sweet. Uh, you'd be maybe 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 surprised with what I know. By the way, folks, hockey's coming back January nineteenth. The Rangers are going to beat down the Bruins, or not? They just had <laughs> you just had to get that last word in. <laughs> We'll, we'll disagree on that one, I think, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, once again, thanks for Chris Mitchell for joining. I'm here with Chris Speziali. Um, we're actually at our, our break right here, so we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back with a lot more going on here with the Passball Show right after 